Welcome to Arate Today, the place where personal development meets personal responsibility and you are encouraged to reach your highest human potential. Jen Pipe is a multi-passionate entrepreneur and lifelong learner on a mission to positively impact the world through the powerful combination of community and creativity. Her main goal is to be better each day than she was the day before, and she is sharing her knowledge so you can do the same. So don't wait for things to happen. Go out and make them happen. It's time for you to be the intentional creator of your life with your butt in the driver's seat and your foot on the gas. Now, buckle your seatbelts because we're about to go for one hell of a ride. Hello, world. Well, funny story behind the scenes over here at Arate Today headquarters is that I just recorded a 30-minute long podcast and went to replay it and just make sure everything was a-okay. And um, apparently my microphone was on mute the whole time. So yeah, there was that today. Um, But I did dust off the microphone for you today and want to, we're going to take it from the top, as they say in showbiz. Um, So we're going to talk today about giving people space and how it's kind of an art And I want to give you some tips for that. So was inspired to talk about this podcast um, based on something that happened in one of my classes yesterday. But then it got me thinking a little bit about a recent event that happened towards the end of the summer um, with my daughter. So I want to talk about that a little bit today, too. And just want you to know that um, given that I just deleted (laughs) 30 minutes of silence and I'm doing this over again. Um, I, I don't have any show notes today. So it's kind of off the cuff. It's stream of consciousness. So um, just buckle in, you know, turn up the audio, sit in your car, go on your run, wherever you're going to go. Um, it's going to be good stuff today. But like I said, stream of consciousness. So there might be a little bit back and forth. But I think you're really going to enjoy it. And you're going to get some valuable information out of it. So let's dive right in. So what I want to talk about today, again, is is giving people space, the art of giving people space, because it is an art. And a lot of times when people need space the most, that tends to be when we're most in their face and all up in their business. And so I want to give a couple examples of that and then talk about, you know, what we can do instead, you know, what we're um, what we're allowed to do, what might be a better path, what can get you the reaction that you're more looking for in that situation. So what I want to do first, instead of talking about yesterday, the event that happened in my class, I want to just take it back a little bit to the middle to end of August, you know, sort of end of summer vacation around these parts. And those of you who know me, um, or, you know, those of you who have been listening to my podcast or reading my blog or following me on social media, it's no big secret. Like the ocean is my place. It's my happy place. Um, you know, if I ever had someone talk to me about my previous lives, you know, if you believe in that kind of thing, um, I'm guessing mine probably had something to do with the ocean in some way. Um, it's where I go. It just, it makes sense. I go as often as I can. Um, it's where I go to unwind and recharge and think and feel inspired. And, um, you know, sometimes you just crave that solitude and and that's where I go. And so end of summer, um, you know, I'm trying to like squeeze summer's toothpaste and get all the beach time I possibly can in. We have such a short season in New England 
And um, so my mother and I said we would go to the beach one day and we were going to bring my two daughters with us. And so, you know, at that point, my daughters had endured like a lot of beach time with me over the summer and we made great memories and we had great fun. But I think this is one of those days where certainly for my older daughter, she just kind of wanted to be home. You know, she just wanted to chill out. She didn't want to deal with putting sunscreen on. Um, and but she was a trooper. She came, never said a word, but she was quiet. And I knew because I know her that she was just processing it all. She was trying to find a way to enjoy the day and not make everyone around her miserable. But it was obvious she wasn't having fun. You know, she um, didn't want to take a walk. She didn't want to play a game. She didn't want to go in the water. She didn't want to read her book. You know, it was just one of those things like, I just want to sit and I don't want anyone to bother me. So that's perfectly fine with me. I can let that go. Like her energy wasn't, she wasn't projecting onto anyone. Her energy wasn't such that she was bringing me down or ruining my day. So I just let her be. My mother, on the other hand, sometimes has a hard time with that. Um, you know, she's a people pleaser and, and she's a fixer by nature. And, um, you know, she wants things to be okay and wants everyone to be happy And so my mother wasn't okay with my daughter not having a good day at the beach. Um, You know, she had an attachment to us all having this phenomenal day and making a memory. And the day wasn't playing out in her mind the way that she thought it would. And so there was an attachment to that. And she was trying to fix my daughter's emotions and change them and mold them into this little package. Um, And I'm not, I don't want you to think I'm speaking poorly of my mother. I'm not. I love my mother very much, but this is what happened on this day. And so um, she was, you know, interrogating. We'll call it interrogating. Why aren't you having a good day? What's the problem? Why don't you want to be here? It's a beautiful day. Let's take a walk. You know, let's go find some sea glass. Uh, Let's play Scrabble. Let's play a game. Let's take pictures. You know, and it was just Everything was met with a no, no, thank you. I don't want to. I'm fine. You know, and then more and more and more, I could sense my daughter's agitation. And what was happening in that situation was that my mother was uncomfortable with my daughter's emotions. So she felt the need to fix them. That took away from my daughter processing her own emotions and made the focus then shift to my mother and her being uncomfortable with it. So there was a shift there. Instead of the situation just being about my daughter, now it became about my mother and my daughter. And so I intervened eventually. I could I could sense that, you know, my daughter was trying to, you know, grab onto the life raft and just deal with the day. And, um, you know, every question, it was like pushing her further and further down. So... You know, I just said, hey, mom, you know, can you stop? Just leave her alone. She's fine. I'm her mother. I'm here. If I thought she needed to be talked to, I would do it myself. And so she did. And so that was fine. And what happened then was that my daughter's energy eventually started to shift. She started to kind of get into the groove of the day, realize like, I'm here. I might as well make the best of it. But with all of that interrogation and the inquisition and the the pushing and the prodding and the diminishing, like how can you be so unhappy on a beautiful day like today, diminishing her feelings, you know, that made things shift from my daughter and it made her pick up on the fact that in my mother's eyes, in that situation, 
feeling displeasure is not okay and we need to change that stat. So then my daughter went into the, well, I don't want my grandmother to be unhappy. And so it was just this big cycle, right, of like fixing and not honoring each other and not being authentic. And so um, fast forward to yesterday's class. So I, you know, many of you know, I, I run a class. It's called Self-Esteem Through Art. And what I do is I teach um, emotional intelligence programs with art as the medium. So it's an art-based empowerment program for youth and for adults. And so I had my elementary school group yesterday. It was their last day of the series. It had been four weeks long. And the girls, I mean, they run into my class. And um, if I do anything well, I really create an environment that allows them personal growth, individuality, expansion, and just like unbridled creativity. And they thrive on that. They really like it. So um, yesterday I I had a girl come in early and I was still setting up the classroom. And normally, I mean, she's by far my chattiest girl and she's the most effervescent and she's just alive and she thrives in this environment. And she came in and I was like, oh boy, like, so didn't realize it at first, but I'm setting up the classroom and I see her and I acknowledge her and I say, hey, how are you? Like, so happy to see her. And I get nothing. I get crickets. So I'm thinking maybe she didn't hear me. The radio was on. The woman who had been there before me left the radio on. So I turn down the radio and I say, hey, how's, how's it been the past couple weeks? Like, haven't seen you. We, we didn't have class last week. Um, how are things going? Nothing plops her bag down on the ground, won't make eye contact with me. She's kind of like sitting, actually facing away from me now, almost because she didn't, she didn't want to acknowledge me. So I just said, okay, you know, here, go sign in. You can eat your snack if you want till the other girls get here. She doesn't move. So I'm like, all right, something's up. Like this, something happened today with this girl and her energy just reflected that. And, but I didn't inquire. I didn't push. I didn't prod. I didn't intervene. I simply walked over to her and I got close to her, but not so in her space. And I just said, something happened. Very empathetic, quiet. She could tell I meant that I was concerned. And then I just walked away. And within not even a minute, she came running over to me and the floodgates opened. This is what happened. And -and so-and-so did this. And I, you know, this made me sad. And it was like, all of a sudden she just had space to share. And so she shared. And so it was a freeing thing for her. I asked her if she needed a hug and that was it. And then she was back to normal. So because I gave her space to just be, she felt comfortable sharing with me because I didn't force her to, but she knew I cared. She felt open to sharing. And so that's one of the big things that I want to talk about in this podcast is giving people the space to process. She wasn't ready to talk when she first came in. And if I kept pushing her and pushing her, she probably would have kept taking those figurative steps back from me. And she may not have opened up and she may have plotted her way through class, perhaps happy, perhaps not. But because I just allowed her and I honored her and I let myself trust her process she opened up and it happened quickly 
So I would love for you to find some times during your days and your weeks and with your own kids and with your own students and with business associates and with spouses, especially with spouses, with parents, um, just give people the space to just be, right? Something happened. That's all I had to say. She knew I was intuitive, intuitive enough to know that this wasn't normal for her. She knew that I cared and then we let it go. And then she came to me when she was ready. So there was a, a huge trust element built into that transaction. And, and I hope that you pick up on that as I'm talking. So the big thing here is that whether it's the student in my class or my daughter at the beach, um, people can sense when you're uncomfortable with their emotions right? So you're at a funeral and, and you don't handle grief very well, which is kind of me. I, I do living much better than I do dying. Um, people can pick up if I'm un- uncomfortable. You know, it's that awkward you're, or you overcompensate or, or you do something. Um, what people need in those situations is they need you to just be, to just be there, right? And so, you know, with my daughter and with the student, um, they didn't feel the need to please me. So it allowed them to just be. And that's the motto for this. Just let people be. So I think we forget as a society and as a people that we cannot be happy. We cannot be up. We cannot be on point. We cannot be on our A game. We cannot be ebullient. We cannot be infectious at all times. It's just not possible. There are just too many things draining on our energy, um, too many things uh, sucking on our resources, and it's just not possible. We have ups and downs. We have peaks and valleys. We have highs and lows. But we, collectively, we expect people to have their game faces on at all times. We expect the perfect transaction, the perfect beach day, the perfect experience, the perfect memory. And it's unrealistic and it's unreasonable. And when you try and alter and change and mess with the formula, what you're doing is you're taking a situation that a couple minutes ago or a couple seconds ago was exclusively about that person. When that girl came into my classroom, that was about the way she entered into my classroom, not about the way that I set up the classroom, not about the way that I run my program. It was about her. She brought her energy with her from the day. But when we try and alter that, when we try and force, um, you know, some sort of connection or force some sort of dialogue around it, then the people that we're forcing, they can't, it can't be about them anymore. It all of a sudden becomes, it can't be about them and how they're feeling. It becomes about us and how we're feeling about how they're feeling. Does that make sense? And so it's a very, very subtle form of manipulation. Um, So we need to be conscious of that. And what we often will do is, like I said, we're, we're poking and we're prodding. And that's very much a head thing. That's you acting from your head. That's you acting from your ego. That's you acting as Mr. or Mrs. Fix-It. That's you thinking that it's not only your um, obligation but it's your God-given right to fix a situation, to change a situation, to make the unhappy happy, 
to um, interrogate when people don't want to talk, to dilute or minimize how they're feeling with phrases like, oh, come on, it's not that bad, or suck it up, or deal with it, or something equally as demoralizing when you're in that place. Um, or we antagonize, you know, why won't you talk to me? Come on, I'm your best friend, or I'm your wife, or I'm your husband, or you'll feel so much better when you share. Come on, what is it? Why won't you tell me? Why don't you trust me? Um, or we project, you know, well, if I was in your situation, I would do this. You know, I, I would never act that way. We judge, right? So that's ego, that's headspace, that's you not being as effective or as loving or as kind or as understanding as you possibly could be. What you can do instead, because I always like to offer alternatives, is you can come from a more heart-centered, more loving place and you can empathize with the person. I get it. I see. I hear you. That's it. It can be as simple as that. Um, you can just simply, like I said, give them space. I'll be here when you need me. If you need me, call. Please know I'm only two seconds away. Um, you can just let them be, you know, like I did. Something happened. Mm, you're not yourself. And then leave it at that. It doesn't have to be a diatribe. It doesn't have to be a monologue. Give them space. So I think subtle shifts help improve relationships. And certainly this is something that um, where I know about it and I know enough to talk about it and to coach people on it and to share with them on this podcast, that doesn't mean that I've perfected it. So, you know, I still have my triggers where I do the same kind of thing. And um, I'm sure my husband will attest to the fact that sometimes I poke him and I prod him when he's not really in the mood to talk or he doesn't yet know what it is he wants to say or he just needs space to process something that's happened. Um, and so when I do those kinds of things, I think I'm coming from love and I think I'm coming from a place of, you know, we're walking this path together um, we're on this journey as a team, but deep down, if you peel away some of the layers, I'm doing it because I'm uncomfortable with something. And so I'm trying to alter the trajectory of where this conversation's going or where this day is headed or, um, you know, how our evening plays out. And so it's in those moments that I take a step back and it's like, okay, you know what? Come at me later. You know, um, let's talk about this when you're more up for it, you know. So it's really just about giving people the space to um, honor their own emotions is is really where I'm coming at with this one. Just, um, you know, letting them hit the pause button for a little while, letting them process things at their own pace and in their own way. And really that if if you really love and you really about someone, um, that's really the best way to approach things. Um, it's the most effective. It will get them sharing with you more authentically and more quickly. When we think about yesterday in my class with uh, my student, you know, she opened up to me and, and she shared with me. And it's not because I'm special or because I have this magical gift with kids 
really all it boiled down to was the fact that I, I gave her space to process. I respected her. I trusted her process. And that's not to say that we can do that all of the time. There will be situations and you may come across them where, you know, people are in danger. They're in danger of harming themselves or doing harm to someone else. And on those cases, you can't sit by and trust the process. But for something like this, the everyday stuff, the everyday communication, the things we take for granted, um, the ways in which we try and interject ourselves into others' process, take a step back. Take a step back. Let them do their thing. They'll circle back with you. Trust me. They will circle back. So what I would like to encourage you to do is to give this a try. You know, if you have an agitated teenager, give it a try. If you have an overworked spouse, give it a try. Um, if you have a business associate or partner, give it a try. See what happens. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear if you've had the same experiences I've had. Um, in closing, you know, I just want to encourage you, like we talk about all the time, Arate today is about being your best self, about living your best life, about reaching your highest human potential. And so I hope you found these podcasts helpful. It's baby steps. It's incremental. It's, you know, little tips every day, little shifts you can make. And um, you'll start noticing some really big gains and really big rewards, certainly in your personal and interpersonal lives. So big things coming up on the podcast. I've got a couple things in the queue. Um, I'll be doing my first interview shortly with a remarkable woman, local woman, who is forging her own path, and I have the utmost respect for her. Um, and lots of classes coming up over on the website. So head over to genpipe.com. And click on self-esteem through art. All of the classes are listed there. Um, what else can I tell you? What else do I want to tell you today? Um, I don't know. I think that's about it for now. So hopefully this one is recording as, as I speak. And, you know, until next time, keep laughing and loving and learning. Wishing you so much peace. Later. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Arate Today. As always, Jen has put together some engaging additional content in the show notes at genpipe.com. That's where the conversation will continue. So click on the blog, stay connected, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Until next time, keep laughing, loving, and learning. And we hope to see you in one of Jen's upcoming classes or workshops.